Morning Grinders! Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you're going to follow me on Twitter, and it's Wednesday, March 30th, and it's, it's still basketball. Yeah, still basketball. One more day for me. One more day for me, and then it's skedaddling, skedaddling until baseball starts. Well, we got we got uh, games in the National Blowout Association tonight, right? Of course, right? Yesterday, Rister wasn't that bad for the for the blowout. Yeah, I guess the Mavs kind of blew them out, whatever. But for DFS purposes, on a five game slate, you needed a bunch of those players anyway. But we'll talk about that a little. So give me those thumbs ups. Give me the thummy thumbs in the morning. I will shake my thumb at you. For all the people that didn't give, wish me a happy birthday thummy thumb yesterday, you give me a belated birthday thummy thumb today. It helps us out. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Suki Singh was beat this morning by Infamous Tuck in the good morning. So Infamous Tuck came in 12 minutes early. Suki Singh only three minutes early. Suki, you got to show up early. Right, or it's up the night before. You could probably type it in and just leave it there if you want. Uh, we got them in the chat. Mike D, Pug Daddy, Mike Blaze. Trey says another top 1% finish, another disappointing night with it. We play a sport where anything but first sucks. Well, you would hope that anything in the top 10, right? Your goal, like get up there, get up there enough. And that's why I'm not playing tonight. The, the, the fan duel just went back, just went back. Like yesterday, they went back to the 100K to first and the 10th place is like $600. Uh, but it was a $4 contest. So I just maxed that out yesterday. Uh, I ended up losing 200. I put in 600, got back uh, 410 or something like that. So it wasn't that bad. Uh, but now they've gone, it's the $9.99. It's 100,000 to first, 20,000 to second, 10,000. Like it's, it's now it's stupid, stupid, right? DraftKings, it's like, very similar, but a little bit better. Uh, but that's an eight, it was at an $18 price point. Yeah, it's a smaller contest or whatever. So once I saw those two contests and I saw it, it's an 11 game slate, right? Uh, late season NBA, 11 game slate with staggered start times. And it's, it's, it's wrestling night for me. Uh, I know that last Wednesday was great. Yeah. Last Wednesday, I'm like, oh, maybe I don't play, right? Maybe I don't play. Do I have to do it? Don't want to stop watching AEW Dynamite and swap all my stuff. I didn't mind last week because the playout structures were actually flatter. So I'm like, ah, might as well. Might as well do it. I'll, I'll go through the inconvenience. But now these payout structures are, oh, right. You, 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 you play $1,500 in entries. And you, you if you don't come in the top 10, I mean, even if you come in the top 10, like you mean, eighth place doesn't mean anything. Set of stake nines, right? So yeah, that, that's why... If, if you're going to play those contests, my, my my rule of thumb, it's not a scientific method, but my rule of thumb is that I will not put, usually not, put as many, a much volume into a contest that is past 10th place payout in it, okay? So if like, uh, if on FanDuel today, like uh, we go there, let's go to, let's go to FanDuel. You'll see, you'll see that the, the payout, like I, I don't mind when the payout is 50, 30, 20, 12, 8, like it goes down like that. But I mean, I mean it's, just, it's just unsustainable if, you, if you're playing a lot of entries, right? Okay, so here we go. $9.99, uh, 100K to first. Go here. Take a look at the prize pool, right? 100,000 to first, 20,000 to second, 10 to 5, 2, 1. It's even worse. 
10th place is $200. 200 bucks. The difference between 10th and first could be like three points. And it's going to be a difference of $99,800. So based on this payout structure, like I'll probably, if I were to play it, I wouldn't play more than 20 entries a week, right? Because that's what 10th place is, 200 bucks, right? It's a nine, it's about a $10 entry. That's my, because if you do it that, at that point, if you come in a couple of places, if you put in 200 and you get back 140, okay, not that bad. Okay, you lost, you lost 60 bucks on the day. Okay, you put in two, you put in 200, you place a whole bunch of stuff, you end up with 280. So it's like, okay, not bad. And if you come in, if you come in sixth place or something, you put in 200, you get back, uh, you know, 1100 or something. Oh, okay, for sixth place out of 35,000 entries, right? So in these contests, you have to be going for first place. I mean, that, that seems given regardless, but some people don't seem to understand that, right? They'll play safe. I want to play as safe as possible, right? Who's going to do well? No, you, no, you, want, to, you want to take on as much risk as you can, right? And the less entries you have, the more risk you should be taking on because you're risking less. So if you have 20 entries... Build 20 entries that, you know, go balls to the wall for first place. If there's some chalk guy that isn't like, you know, a guy that projects for 7 million points or anything, like don't, oh, this guy's going to be 44% owned, right? You know, Cade Cunningham was, was chalky yesterday. DeRozan was chalky yesterday. A lot of time, a lot of on, on FanDuel was more done due for positional purposes. Uh, but you can just avoid those players, right? Just go, I'll find a lineup that projects for two or three points lower that doesn't have those guys in it drops the ownership and then goes for there, right? Play, you know, play, play a 2% on player that, that projects well, something like that. You know, you have 20 lineups, take 20 good shots at first place rather than thinking the other way. People think loss aversion. They go, oh, I only have 20 lineups. So I want to make sure I get something back. It's like, well, you're risking less. If you're playing 150 lineups, then I can understand where I'm going to have a mix of some risky lineups, some a little bit less risky lineups, so when I put in 1500, maybe, maybe I get back 800, right? You're still losing 700, but if you'd play all risky liners, it's possibly put in 1500 and get back a hundred bucks and you lost $1,400 on the day. That's primarily due to the payout structure. The payout structure for, uh, for uh, last week, like this 11th to 15th place spot was a thousand dollars. It was like a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four. Like it was really much flatter. Like I don't mind, right? When 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 uh, eleven to fifteen plays a thousand dollars, like you put in a hundred entries. There's no problem. Put in hundred fifty in. I mean, I'm a little bit over, right? And then we take a look at, at DraftKings. We'll go here. We'll go to the lobby. DraftKings is it's like they're normal, for the most part. Right, we go to the, the, the fade away, right? So this is a little, like I said, this is a little bit better, but not much better, right? So we look here on FanDuel, right? We can see the prize, we can see prizes right down over here. So first is 10, right? 120, 10, 5, 2, 1. This is 125, 10, 6, 2,500, 2,000, 1,500, 1,000. So you get a little bit flatter from like fifth to, you know, $600 is 15th to 19th place. So you get a little bit more, more flatness in this level. So this is an $18 contest. So I would look and see 10th place is 1,000. So I'm, I'm, I wouldn't put in what? 
we're talking about uh, 50, 55, 60-ish, 55 to 60 entries into something like this. There's an 11-game slate. So, I mean, there's a lot of options. So looking at the payup structures like this, I mean, I'd rather have it 50, 30, 20, 15, 10, 7, 8,000, 6,000, 5, 4,000. I'd rather it like that. If 10th place was 4,000, I don't, I don't mind putting in 150 entries there, right? I don't mind as much. I mean, it still would cost like $2,700 or something. That's my rule of thumb. The more, and, 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 and if, if you simulated it out, uh, the, the more it gets true. The, your, your swings, your, your, your ROI needs to be dramatically higher to survive. The more entries that you put in, your, RO, your edge on the slate needs to be higher to make up for that. Because, I mean, from a profitability perspective, you don't come in like the top four spots, you're losing money by playing 150 entries. So if you want to say, well, if I come in fourth place, is it profitable long-term to have one of my entries in fourth place? Well, maybe that equates to like 110 entries as a, as a break-even point. Coming in fifth place, maybe that the break-even point is a 65 entry build. Obviously, all plus EV lineups. But you need a lot more dead lineups in the contest. You need a lot bigger of an edge. And guys like Brian Hooper, Brick 75, have, have theorized this type of stuff. If you listen to the Lulz podcast with uh, Pete Overzet, they've talked about it a couple of times. And I do, and that... That has always been my approach. I've, I've, although I've not simulated it out, it just made intuitive sense to me that when the when the when the payout structure is this top heavy, that unless that you need a bigger edge in order to survive the swings of uh, of playing 150 max, of playing all 150 lines. Uh, so that that that's kind of the basis of why of why I don't, right. So if the payout structure changes, I don't mind 150, right? Some people take it the wrong way. Oh, you never, oh, you never 150. And then they see that oh, I'm on FanDuel with 150 lineups. They go, why? Why'd you play 150 lineups? It's like, well, the payout structure is better. I don't mind, right? Or the total cost, right? $600 last night is a fraction of a fraction of a percent of my bank. Ah, why not? It's $4 entries, 600 bucks. It's not 1500 like it, like it was the day before. Okay, why not? Eh, if I'm going to make 50 lineups, I'll, I'll, I'll make I'll make 150 lineups, whatever. So it's not, when I say usually, sometimes it's just like, like screw it. Oh, going through the YouTube chat. Let's go MLB season. Pug daddy. We saw last night, last night. Let's put the last night. Alan Lem, shout out to him. Alan Lem, he's a roto grinder. Analyst, part of our projections team, came in second, tied for second in the uh, in the the, the four point play, the twenty max on DraftKings for twenty five hundred dollars. Got duped, got duped, he got duped. You saw yesterday, even though the the Mavericks game blew out, you needed their play, you needed the Lakers because their their players were too cheap, right? LeBron's out, AD's out. Like no one's no no one's expensive. And they're still going to score points, and their rotation is who knows. So we saw Malik Monk start, Stanley Johnson start, but I mean, 
you knew that the, that the younger players were probably going to play more. Right? Dwight Howard played the first five minutes and then, like, never got back in the game. And then Gabriel got hurt. I know he was, he was more popular on FanDuel than on DraftKings. That's pretty much. I mean, you didn't, you didn't need Hartenstein. But, like, the winner in this. Like, look, look at how many different combinations you could have had. You needed, you needed to, like, you pretty much needed two, like, of the studier type of players, right? We take a look here. Giannis and Luka. Like, all the studs did well. Maybe not Embiid. He put up 55, right? But, I mean, like, Harden put up 54 in a guard spot, right? Luka, 75. Durant did well. Giannis did well. You go to the, the, the where's the Tuesday shoot-around? Winning lineup here for 1,000. Right, Monk, Johnson, and Gabriel. 5% Isaiah Stewart. I'm, I was shocked he was that low-owned. He's a little bit more owned on FanDuel. We had him projected very well on, on Roto-Grinders. I thought he was one of the most uh, under-owned players yesterday. I, I had a lot. I had a lot of Stewart. But I also, had a, I, also, I also had a lot of Carmelo Anthony. That didn't work out. You figure he's just chucking or whatever. It's like, no. They, they, he, he played, what, 16 minutes or something? He, he didn't even play. And Malik Monk just killed everyone. All right, take a look at this lineup. It doesn't, you know, for a five-game slate, this doesn't just look pretty fine. Other, Isaiah Stewart, Gabriel are the two lower-owned players, but it's pretty much an own lineup, right? Second, right, Dwight Powell at 25 points, right? But you needed, like, two, like Luka, Giannis, like two studs. Here's Durant and Giannis, right? Because we have all, three of those guys, they put up 70-plus points. Then you fill it out from there. Killian Hayes helps by going like 9x. Right. There, there are a couple of different ways, right? Here's, here's uh, Papa Gates. Right. Sadoraski was popular. Right. Drummond, Drummond was only 5,500. Right. You didn't need to, you didn't need to go, you know, nuts, contrarian or anything. Go down to this lineup. Right, they all look about the same. Right, Hardenstein was much cheaper on DraftKings. He was less of a play on FanDuel. We go to uh, compare exposures. Now, I played on FanDuel last night, so it's a little not as not as like Howard was. Howard was uh, was like two percent owned on FanDuel. So he didn't he didn't need to play like a four K set. So looking across the board, ba oh, Bagley was chalky. Hmm, interesting. Well, that's the reason why Stewart was lower on, right? If, if most likely, if you're playing Bagley, you're probably not playing Stewart. I mean, he's still have Olenek there, right? It, 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 it was basically a three-man rotation for two spots on the court. But most likely, you're not playing Bagley and Stewart together, assuming one gets into foul trouble or something like that. So he bombed. So that's where a lot of the leverage came from. Porzingis was fairly popular at 33% owned at 8,500, right? Royal Payne barely had any. But look across the board. I mean, it, it, it looked, I mean when, you, when you're looking at the green, it kind of fits the ownership. Sadoransky, I think for the most part, I mean, we have like the whistles had 41, a lot more under on Sadoransky. 
If you look across the board, not zero, but under the 32. Rzingis seemed to be mixed. Drummond, more were way over. But some were under, so that's mixed. But Luca was the stud that most had, other than RBX 88, who had zero. But of course, he's a highly contrarian player. Looking for more of the red right here, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, mo most, most barely played him. 15% owned. Some had zero or almost zero. Rudy Gobert, that was a situation last night, right? Whether or not he was even going to play, right? He was questionable, which was tough because it's the, it's the 10, what, 10.30 game, 10, 10.30 game. And the game before it is eight o'clock. So it's like, that's the only game. So late swaps, it's like, if Gobert wasn't going to play, you just like, you're slotting Greg Monroe and hope for the best or Eric, like there's nothing to, to switch over to. You play uh, the Zubach or something on FanDuel or whatever, maybe Hartenstein, or you play him in the utility and you switch over to like Reggie Jackson or something. So that was tough. So I understand that. And Kyrie continues to be over-owned. 8% owned, and you can see across the board pretty much. I mean, other Nerdy Tanner and JBC had like 4%, and everyone else had like nothing. Kyrie was a little bit more, more, more viable on, on FanDuel. But at 10-8 on DraftKings, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how you play that. Mike Conley, the field was more over on Cleaver, Conley. Sharp players were more on, let's see, down here. Daniel Gafford a little, a little bit, I guess. Well, here, here's a bunch of green. Ish Smith. Yeah, I had a ton, I I had a ton of Ish Smith on FanDuel. He was in like over 20% of my lives. Because Ish Smith and Thomas Snitoransky were around the same price on FanDuel and didn't project all that much different. I think Sato projected for like two, two, two points higher. And the difference in ownership was dramatic. Like Sadoransky on FanDuel in the in the in the 150 and the, the big one, I think it was 41, 42% owned. And Ishmith was 4% owned. Something like it was something like that. And Sato was going to play like maybe four, four, four or five extra minutes to Ishmith. And they would probably come in and out for each other. So of course I, you know, I set up a, a group that's like no more than one of Sato or Ishmith. And then because of that ownership gap, I ended up with a lot more Ishmith than Sato. Uh, let's see. Devin's even in the chat. Kleber was a post-lock late swap option for Gabriel once he was announced as not starting, at least on FanDuel. Yeah, that's true. Right, because I late I I had buy, I had like 30 something percent Gabriel before. And then then uh once he wasn't gonna start, I have that and uh ended up with more Carmelo <laughs> So that that didn't work out. It's not like Gabriel put up that many points, but Gabriel was actually in the winning winning lineup on FanDuel. Was, was powerful with that bad? Was he in the winning lineup even here? Yes, he was in the winning, with 16.75 points, winning Gabriel was in the winning lineup of both sites. It's not like he was mega-owned on DraftKings. 
It wasn't that mega owned on FanDuel. It was like maybe 20% owned on FanDuel. Was power forward that bad last night? Stanley Johnson? Yeah, what, what, what happened to power forward last night? Let's take a look. Can we, can we do that here? Compare exposures, position, filter, PF. Okay. Let's take a look at power forward. Power forward eligible players. Well, obviously you got Giannis. Tobias Harris, like no one had. I had a bunch on FanDuel. He was much more owned on FanDuel. He was 6,500 on FanDuel also, but he was like 20% off, 14, something like that. He wasn't low, low. But here, Toby Harris, Brazingis. It all went to Bagley, right? I had a bunch of Hachimura, right? Finney Smith, garbage. Right, look at the power forward position. Outside of Giannis, if you are paying up in that spot, Harris, like Brzingis, like you, eight, 40 for 8,500 is, is really not enough. Then you have like, like nothing, just stand, nothing stands out here. So yeah, if you don't have Giannis in your power forward spot, you're going to need, you're going to need something. Or like, like, how about small forward? Small forward that bad also? Paul George, but no one played him. He figures on a minutes limit, right? Nope. Or no, he was on a minutes limit. It just, he got there anyway. Didn't he only play like 26 minutes or something last night? Right. He was like, he was like, no one had. None of the, his 9,000. He was 0.8% owned by the field and all these sharp players at zero. So Middleton did okay. Right. Just the forward position. I guess Bullock, Bullock was okay for 4,200, I guess, maybe. So yeah, I could see how Gabriel ends up in the in the winning lineup enough times because it's just just uh, you know just the fact that the position you know, on a five game slate on eleven game slate a sixteen point seven five Wenyan Gabriel probably doesn't show up in the winning lineup. All right, you could see here in lineup HQ you could do you know you could do you know any type of filtering you want, right? Contains and or different type of methodologies, right? If you wanted to, right? By salary, anything you want. This is free. Rotogrinders.com slash results DB. This is, what, this is what you should be doing in the morning. This is what I do every morning. At least either every morning or late at night. Like once the slate is like over or close to over, right? Once all the games are locked and all the information's in. Reviewing your play. Reviewing your play versus sharper players' play. Did your lineups look similar to their lineups to some extent? Right? Oh, I had a whole bunch of X. Right? And then you see that like no one had barely any. Like, well, why did I why did I pick that guy? Well, probably, probably neither one you weren't looking at projections like we had here at Rota Grinders, or whatever you were you were wading into that was wrong. But they had a great matchup and so-and-so and DVP or some, some BS that doesn't matter. You're looking at past, all oh, the past nine games, he's put up 40 points against this team. It doesn't matter. Like th those things don't matter. They have no predictive power or very limited. And you overweight that in your head. And then you look and it's like, what did sharp players do? Oh, they didn't care about that. Why didn't they care about it? Because it doesn't matter. 
Okie doke. What's going on today? Today we got look, look at look at this mess. Look at this mess. One, two, three, four. We got eleven games. Eleven games. Right. Two late games. We got one, two, three at seven. One, two, three at seven thirty. One, two at eight. One at eight thirty. Two at ten. And the way we have Portland at ten o'clock. They don't want to win, right? OKC at eight o'clock, and they don't want to win, right? What other teams? We got Indianapolis. Who knows? We got the Pacers. Who knows? They're going to have a two-man rotation. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. Uh, then we got uh, the Knicks. We already know Fournier is out. I don't know. Does that matter? Grimes is out. I don't know what the hell they're going to do, right? Toronto with Nurse. Who knows who's sitting? Fred Van Vliet. He's good. He's bad. He's not in. No, who knows? Sacramento, Houston. Oh, my God. Look at this. This has a high total, but who knows who wants to win this game, right? Houston's sitting everyone, it seems like. Sacramento starting to sit players. Then we got Popovich at 8.30 with the Spurs. And then the Grizzlies, who knows who's going to play there? I mean, this is just not in the Warriors rotation. You have to deal with Steve Kerr, right? Imagine playing tonight. I mean, if there's an edge in play, yeah, sure. I would love to play tonight. Right? If I wasn't watching wrestling and the payout, and these payout structures were better. right? If the, if the payout structures were better, I would be playing. If, if it was like last week, and this was 50, 30, 20, 12, 8. The last Wednesday when I won $48,000, if it was that same payout structure, uh, I would play. But the weird thing is, is that if it was this payout, see, the weird thing is if I would have played 150 last Wednesday and this was the payout structure, I would have won more money, right? Because I, I came tied for first. So that would have been $60,000 plus fifth place by myself. So 62,000, right? And I, I made 48,000. So it's not that drastic of a difference, right? $14,000. But the difference is, is that had the payout structure be this way last Wednesday, I, I either don't play at all or I only play like 50 inches or something like that. So maybe I don't even get to that line, right? I win, when the, I win whenever the payout structure is flat because that happened to me, what, three, four years ago in baseball? Three years ago in baseball, maybe three was three. I don't know. Because they, because in DraftKings, it was kind of 50,000 a first, 15,000 a second. By the time you get to 10th place, it's like 500 bucks. Like, can we just make it flatter, please? And then they finally did on that, on that, on that Friday, they're like, we're going to experiment. We're going to give you exactly what you want 30,000 a first, 20,000 a second, 15 to third, like nice and flat. Right. So I, Play like I normally do, and I win that one. Come in first place for thirty thousand dollars. Had it been like any of the other ones, it would have been fifty thousand or a hundred thousand or something. But I don't mind that. Over the long run, I'd rather have the the, the flatter payout structures. Mike Diamond's here. I won fifteen thousand on Fanduel last night. Congratulations, Mister Diamond. Just stayed playing during COVID. First time I even won four digits, let alone five. And he was a one we won from tying first. Congrats. I'd look it up, but a FanDuel we don't have in results DB. It's still, it's 2022 and FanDuel can't provide CSV, contest CSVs. But I mean, they can't even get, I mean, they, they're, 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 their dynamic replacement uh, doesn't even work anymore. Right? You go on FanDuel when you look at your live lineups, it, it gives you the, the variables, the first, the pool, right? They can't even put the names in the variable columns or anything for, for dynamic uh, 
a replacement on like what the payout should be. It's 100K to first, right? So the contests don't even look right. So if they're not even fixing that, I don't know. Is there anyone? Is there anyone there doing anything? Are there? Are they? I think they're a sponsor for some of our shows. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this. Maybe the sports book is fine, but the DFS, the DFS sites, DFS contests. I don't care what the title looks like. Right? Really, as long as it pays out and scores correctly, that doesn't matter to me. But it would be nice if they had CSV downloads of all the contests so we could actually look at stuff. Uh, and analyze things like we ha have been able to do on DraftKings for six years. I don't know. Six years, I guess. Uh, so Mike Diamond says, oh, okay, 115,000 and the four. Okay, the, the 150 max contest that, that I played. So I could probably look at that. I could probably go into that. Let's, let's go look. That should be in my history. Right, because I did play that contest. Right, so here we go. Does it take any one of my lives? Let's go. Come on. Come on, FanDuel. Slow as crap. Let's go. Come on. FanDuel, $4. Oh, Mike Diamond. Oh, right here. Oh, my, Mike. Mike. Mike has the wrong logo. <laughs> Mike has the wrong logo up there, but whatever. I guess so. It's fine. He'll, he'll, he'll get a free month from somewhere else. Uh, so yeah, Sadoransky, uh, Luca, Cunningham, DeRozan, Stanley John. I mean, dude, these don't look that much different than my lineups, other than I don't have this exact combination of players, right? Because I had more Ish Smith than Sado up here, right? Cade came on late because Cade got injured in the first half and ended the first half with only like 15 points. Then the fourth quarter, he just he just racked on the points at the end. So yeah, so Cleaver. So, yeah, you came in even with 13 points out of Cleveland. That's how bad the power forward spot was, right? I take a look. This is one of my worst lineups. It's being compared to one of my worst lineups from yesterday, right? So, yeah, Stewart, Harris. I mean, I had all these guys, right? So, there, there you go. Third out of 114000 for $15,000, Mike Diamond. Congrats. Congrats. Even though you don't have the right logo up there. That's fine. That's fine. At the, fa the fact that, that you're using some type of information and projections and something, should that, I'll consider that a plus. Like, 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 like I always say on shows, like as a, as, a, as, a, as a professional, if you want to call me that, as a full-time DFS player, I subscribe everywhere. Like I could utilize everything. I at least want to see what other people are doing. But I'm also not a shill. Like I use, I, I use the Roto-Grinder stuff primarily. So our projections here at Roto-Grinders is what I use. I, yes, the ownership stuff is the stuff that I tweak. I'm not saying that our ownership is bad. I'm just saying that mine is better. What I do is better only because it's the forefront of the strength of my game. Determining how many minutes players get in their usage ain't my game. That I'll outsource. I'll have, I'll have Allen. I'll have Allen and, and, and Jamino and Noto and Andy do that in the back. But figuring out how, how many people have been playing Sadoransky and Fandle compared to Ish Smith, that's my job. That's my job. Typically, typically I, I'm, I'm, I'm more accurate than anywhere else. 
I'm doing that. Okay, anything else in the YouTube chat? Feel free. Get your questions in because there's not much to talk about on, on today's slate because there's going to be 700 things that happened today on, on, a, on an 11 game slate. So what's there to talk? That's why you that's why you tune in later to Grinders Live. Dean and the guys, 445 Eastern. They'll break it down. And then we have crunch time for premium members. Well, that's where you get all the stuff. And even then, half the stuff changes even during the show. MJC says most projection sites are pretty close, though, industry-wide. Mod, uh, for, for basketball, the models are fairly similar. The minutes, there may be differences on. That's really what it comes down to. Because those are the things you, you're inputting manually. The minutes in usage because of the rotations. So, for instance, we may have, like, Dante DiVincenzo right now I mean, this is all algorithmically updated. So this has not been manually adjusted. So early in the morning, Jamino has a process that pumps out like the, the preliminary numbers. And they're all based on some type of trend, some type of regression and average that will be adjusted manually, typically, you know, early, late morning, early afternoon. So maybe DiVincenzo, 31 minutes comes down to 29 minutes or something, right? Our projections team moves around the minutes. So the differences from site to site may be in the minutes. I think last, I think last night, like, so like Gabriel, for instance, once he was taken out of the, the, start, the starting lineup, I think we had him at like 25 minutes, and there was another site that had it at 23 minutes. And for a point, fantasy point per minute, you know, on average, that'll drop a projection two points, right? And those two minutes go to someone else, right? So they get extra, right? So really, it, the models are, are, are pretty similar, but the minutes may be different. The minutes are never, typically, never that dramatically off, right? Oh, we have, we have, a, we have, a, the, you know, uh, Alperin Sengun or something for 31 minutes and some other side has it for 22 minutes, a nine minute difference. Probably, probably not. But it could be, it could be a four or five minute difference depending on what they believe the rotations are going to be, especially late season NBA where how much sample size do you have when like 17 players are out? So that's, that's the primary difference. So what you're paying for is good, is a good model. I could take that information and turn it into a range of outcomes. And also you're paying for the expertise of the projections team. And I've always said that, you know, Andy and Noto and those guys back there, they, they know the NBA I, 50 times more than I do. And, and, and the NBA and NBA GPPs are my most profitable. I could, I mean, I'll bring it up. Where is this? Right. I eat my own dog food. I always say that I use the things that I'm talking about, right? If I go to, if I go to all time, I go to my cohort, right? Sport, this is all time. I go by, not, maybe not all, well, my most profitable sport here, $230,000 with a 27% ROI in basketball. MMA is my most profitable sport, but I mean, that's fairly recent and it's, it's the byproduct of, you know, 
You bink once or twice a year, and that's about it. And when you win $100,000 once, I mean, that's going to skew a lot of your, your results. You can see here. So NBA is my most profitable. And I use the expertise that our projections team has. So even though I may be switching around some ownership, right? I may be changing some projections to get different lineups that I would want to get, right? But I mean, my last Wednesday, I I applaud the projections team. So even I when I when I uh, reviewed the slate the day after, I said that with all the changes and that were happening on that slate with this guy out and this guy in a lot of, I mean, my process was very abridged. I didn't adjust ownership anywhere near what I would normally do because things were moving too quickly. So I just lever, I leveraged the, 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 the expertise of our team. I just said, oh, I'm just going to go with what, with, with, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of just build the best lineups based on what's here. I know certain players are going to be a little, uh, who's going to be over on and under owned. I don't know by how much, but I'm going to have more of those guys, right? More of the under-owned guys, less of the over-owned guys, and build lineups from there. Just very, very abridged process. And there you go, $48,000. But, but I wouldn't be able to do it without the expertise of, of, the, of the numbers. So to me, that's the most valuable thing. Andy comes out with the core plays for... for uh, it's called the core plays article. It's really an overview of the slate. And he does, it has that for premium members. So if I look here, let's go, let's go to the Roto Grinder site. Right. And it's geared primarily for cash games, but he goes through the lay of the land. What, what are we looking for? Who's questionable? Who's on the second night of a back-to-back? -back? Core questions and answers, all this type of stuff. And if you want to read it, it's great. It's an, an overview of the slate and different. It's it's if you're building cash lineups, like what are the top values of the slate and why are they the top values of the slate? It's incredibly useful. But all of Andy's expertise here is is in these numbers. So some people like, oh, I want to, I want to, I want to read what he wrote. And I'm the type of person that's like. Well, your expertise is in all these numbers. So I'm just going to sort by salary adjusted plus minus, which is our RGB and go, well, I guess, I guess these are the, these are the best value plays, right? These are the, who's over on, who's under on, what, how do I build lineups with, with these players and mix them in? I don't need to know why. I don't care about the why. I don't care. Don't tell me. I don't know why, why is Damian Mitchell at 39 minutes against Houston at 7,600. Like one of, the, one of the top plays on the board today. I, I, I don't need to know. I don't. Andy's knowledge is already in here. And it's probably anything that you see in the top RGV over here is probably going to be in his article. Right? So some people think that like, you know, our expert analysis is about, oh, the content, the, our rankings, and you listen to Grinders Live or who people like and stuff like that. No, like all of, all of that expertise is in these numbers. That's, it, now it's in numerical form. And for my purposes, all I need is, is in numerical form. You don't have to tell, I don't need to know why, right? Doesn't matter. The why doesn't matter. 
But if you want to know why, you can read the drawing down, right? Everything will typically match up to these numbers. That's why the numbers are the numbers. Why? Because Andy and Noto are the ones putting in all the numbers. Let's see, go through the YouTube chat before we get out of here. Trey says, if you're a master at ownership, use RG stuff for basically everything else. Seems like a perfect fit. Yep, that's, that's exactly what I do. Mike Diamond says, I use uh, mainly RG for basketball, even though his, his, even though his avatar is not RG. Uh, RG is the best basketball projections. I even stopped aggregating because I won the nickel a couple of times just using RG. Yeah, I, I people people think I'm shilling when I say that we have the best basketball projections, and I believe I believe we do have the best basketball projections. Right now, the bet around the industry, it's not bad. Like best is everywhere is good. I think our team is the best. Just like I say that, like our MLB projections are very good, but Cardi's the bat is the best. Uh, Brian Polinkas says, I feel like if you're not taking in all the information, you're doing yourself a disservice. The more information, the better. Correct. As long as you're not overloading yourself with information that doesn't matter, right? It's not about how long or how much. It's about how useful. So a lot of times, the better and the better and better, the more skillful you get at DFS, the less time it takes you to do things because you're weeding out the things that don't really matter. Why I could show up an hour for a basketball slate, maybe you know, forty-five minutes before a slate, and build plus EV lineups. And what am I looking at? Okay, let me take a look at projections around the place. Let me take a look at ownership. Let me make my adjustments. Right. And like that, it used to be, it'd take me four hours, right? I'm looking through this. I'm looking through that. What if I do this? What if I do that? And I, and I noticed that like half the stuff that I was doing didn't really matter. Right. And I saw why it didn't matter. So you, you streamline that process more. It's more like baseball. Baseball, I could show 15 minutes before a slate and build 150 lineups. No problem. Baseball is very easy like that. Right. Just stack it and stuff. So it's like what teams are over on, what teams are under, what pitchers are over on, what pitch under on, and just give me a whole bunch of stuff. There you go. I'm not going through, well, do I play Joey Votto or do I play Freddie Freeman? You're not doing any of that. Right? It's a very high variance sport, event driven. So like, well, he's a lefty versus that. Like, dude, you're building GPP lineups. You're stacking. Don't worry about the players. Right? Just take. If, if by default, and I've always said this, by default, there are better ways of doing it, but by default, compared to the strength of the field in the large field contest for MLB, on draft teams, if you only stacked 5-3, just five players from one team, three players from the other team, what, whichever way they fit in, doesn't matter the gaps, what batting order, doesn't matter. You just take five players from one team, three players from another team and the two pitchers or whatever. And you just did that. And you built whatever lineups you can that have five, three, whatever teams that you want. If you just did that, you're probably good. You're building at least competitive lineups for, for large field GPPs, no matter what two teams they are. I want to stack the Tigers and the Twins. Okay. Or I want to stack, you know, I've on a, on a 13 game MLB slate. It's like, I really like these six teams today. 
and you want to play 50 lineups. So, so take those six teams and make five threes out of all of them. And then whatever pitchers fit in projection-wise. Well, I'm playing the ninth hitter here and the catch. Who cares? Just take five from one and three from the other and fit them together whatever way we can. You can do that in lineup HQ. That, if those are the under-owned teams or whatever, fine. Just jam them together. Right? You don't have to worry about what's a one-off. What's a, You don't have to worry about it. If you just did that by default, you could probably go the entire season and be profitable. Probably. I mean, you're at least building plus. You're probably building enough plus EV lineups, no matter what teams you choose, that you're probably fine. So that's by default. So imagine show, you could show up first. Imagine just like by default, it's like, okay, it's, it's 10 minutes before lock. And I've not even, you've not even looked at the baseball slate. And you just look and you go, oh, it looks like the Braves are over. Oh, it looks like the Dodgers are under. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm building 20 lineups and I want these four teams. I want 20% of each or something. And I want these and then do, do, make lineup HQ, make 20 lineups. And there you go, you're done. Like you could, you could do that. Right. A lot of people are spending the entire day going through like, oh, well, what does this picture look like? And what is this? And dude, it's a high variance sport. They're going to get four at bats. Who cares? Let's go. Just stack teams. It's highly correlated. So just stack teams and you're fine. Right. You'll find that you could spend four hours researching or 10 minutes, five to 10 minutes, just, you know, looking at our slate IQ that shows the stack probabilities. And just building based on that. And you'll find that building just by in five minutes is going to be more profitable than spending all five, four hours doing stuff that pretty much doesn't matter. So the more skillful you get, you, you, you start to figure out what stuff doesn't matter, not what stuff matters. And that's why your process, that's why you can have a lot of these sharp players. They're building 150 lineups for multiple sites, playing high stakes contests, they're playing all this stuff. And you're like, how, how do they get that stuff done? Yeah, because they're doing it in five minutes. They're doing it in five minutes. Why are you taking six hours to do it? Oh, I don't have the time. I work. What time do you need? We do all the work for you. Oh, let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. Byron B says, been playing DFS for a year now. I only play on DraftKings. This may be a dumb question, but I'm going to ask anyways. There's software competition on Fandle. I find that that FanDuel's uh, contest, uh, FanDuel's user base is softer than DraftKings. The only problem with FanDuel is that their payout structures tend to be more top-heavy than DraftKings also. So the swings that you will take on FanDuel may be, you know, felt like with me last baseball season. Last baseball season, I had 17 top 20 finishes and lost money on the season. So I never came in first out of those 17. I came in second once. I think I came in fifth twice. And a whole bunch of eighths, ninths, sevenths, elevenths. But you could say, like, like take a look at this payout structure that we had. Oh, we know even, even this payout structure. This is a little bit more tenable. But I mean, I got on FanDuel, these places were like seven hundred dollars, eight, six hundred to eight hundred dollars versus a hundred thousand for first or fifty thousand for first. So I had a whole bunch of stuff in this range and barely had one second in a fit. Like, like it's just the variance of that. Now, if the payout if, on FanDuel, if the payout structures were flatter, I would have been profitable with 17 top 20 finishes. But because it's not flat, 
I wasn't. So that to me, that's more of the difference on FanDuel. I think I think it's a softer user base, not by a not by a dramatic dramatic extent, by by enough noticeable enough extent. But the the, the payout curves are are sometimes are are ridiculous. Okay, anything else? Oh, now now we now we're getting all the questions right. Twenty minutes ago, I felt like I was wrapping up the show. Uh, Scorpion McScorp, what do you think about the MLB strategy of always fading the top three owned stacks? Uh, that that would be an incorrect methodology. You have to, you can't think in those terms, okay? I don't care, okay? I don't care about what's owned and what's not owned. I don't care if what the chalk is. It's not about the most owned or the least owned. It's about under-owned and over-owned. Okay? So in MLB, oh, the top three owned stacks are Braves, Dodgers, Yankees. Making it up. Okay, they're the most owned. Should they be that owned? That's the main question. You're assuming that those three are all three are over. And it's possible all three are over. But maybe they're not. Maybe the, the Braves have an X percent chance of winning and their ownership is actually lower than that. They're the most owned stack and they're not owned enough. So why would you fade that? You're actually, you're actually gaining leverage by playing. We see this in basketball, right? That concept applies very much in basketball where some guy projects for 7 trillion points, right? Right. Everyone's out on the team and the guy's 3,800 and going to play 74 minutes and has a median projection of, uh, of 648 or whatever, right? And the guy, the guy ends up being 88% owned, right? He's the chalkiest player on the entire slate. And he's under owned because he should be 98% owned at his projection, Right. So 88% is under-owned, even though it's the chalkiest player. So you can't think in terms of, what do you think about always fading the top three owned stats? I can see always fading the top three over-owned stats if you wanted to do that, right? But remember, projection matters as well. Typically, the, the, the most owned teams are owned for a reason. So it's quite possible that you could play that stacked, but with lower owned pieces elsewhere, right? Right. You're playing the chalk Dodgers stack, but with the three man pirates that are all one percent owned, and a, and and you're fading the forty six percent owned starting pitcher, and you're playing two seven percent owned pitchers. Like you're fine. That lineup as a whole is fine, even though you're playing the over owned stack. Because what do I say? It's not about players. It's about lineups. Lineups, not players. So you're not just playing a stack. You're playing a stack plus three other batters, four other batters, whatever, two pitchers. All these pieces of a lineup go together. So you care more about the lineup, not the players. Sean Valentine, do I coach people one-on-one? -on -one? I do that in the Discord. The Roto-Grinders Discord. If you're a Roto-Grinders premium member where you could sign up, right? Click on that link in the description, get $10 off your first month. I have a channel in our Discord called Blender's Game Theory. I answer questions just like this, right? 
So if you could ask questions in the YouTube chat. I answer them during these shows. But if you want to talk to me, you know, I'm, I'm in the Discord in my channel and I'll answer anything you want. And then uh, about once a week or so, I do coaching calls on Zoom privately in a group setting. So it's not one-on-one, -on -one, but it's, it is one. I mean, you, I talk to people one-on-one. -on -one, it just happens to be 20, 30 other people there also, right? And we go through it. And you, every, every, you know, seven to 10 days, I mean, that I schedule them depending on, you know, obviously I move to times or sometimes it's Thursday night, sometimes it's Sunday afternoon, just so people, you know, different people could have different times that they're available. Then I'll answer anything you want. I, I'll take a look at your roto tracker. I'll take a look at it. I mean, whatever. Share your screen. Go over whatever you want. I've I've spent, you know, typically those calls are anywhere from ninety minutes to two hours, and sometimes I've spent over an hour with people. And then you could show up as many times as you want. You could show up and just listen. There are plenty of people that just that just do that. Show up and listen to other people ask questions and talk about their play. And then. It's 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 open it's open to you whatever you want. So some people take more advantage of it than others. I've talked to some, Matt Mears who's here. I've talked to him like probably six times, right? Because always he always puts in. It's like like uh, if if there's time if no other people have anything, uh, I'd like to talk to you. Like I'd, I'd, he apologizes as if like oh I'm taking up too much too much time. It's like if no one else wants to step forward. I'm here. If you want the, if you if you want my time, it's it's here, right? So take advantage of it. I think that's, I don't understand. I show up and only two people want to talk. It's like, like why, why are 30 people here? And they're just like, like, do you want private coaching for nothing? And it's not like it's an extra charge or anything. It's part of your premium membership. Part of what I do here. So yeah, so sign up for Roto-Grinders Premium and you get that. Our, our, next, our next session is next week, next Thursday. Yeah, open day, like uh, the night, eight o'clock on uh, April 7th the next time oh, let's see anything else before we get out of here do, 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 do. not really Devin's posting all the all the links all the links do, 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 do. so yeah okay so join the discord rotogrinders.com slash discord rotogrinders premium you can get a combo premium so you get the basketball you get uh, baseball you get mma uh soccer if you want so any and projections for anything right i know we don't have an mma card it's a good thing it, 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 no mma card on wrestlemania weekend so i don't, I don't have to, i'm not so I'm not gonna be playing right and then we have a, a pay-per-view coming back uh next saturday but uh but i will be back i will be back tomorrow i'm i am i am most likely not playing tonight's slate and it's it's not because I I don't mind the slave, just that these payout these payout structures are stupid. I'd rather watch wrestling than deal with deal with these payout structures, right? 130, 15, like this is this is this is this is nuts, right? But I'll review the slate tomorrow, right? Tomorrow'll be the last day, last day for this show for NBA. And then I come back a week later on Thursday and then we right into baseball season. And you know what's gonna happen. By by July, in MLB, we'll be like, when is this season ever going to end? Right? <laughs> be like, when is football coming back? Right? It'll be like like the same thing over and over again for baseball. But that's the that's that's welcome to DFS. That's what it is. That is what it is. So hit those thumbs up buttons on your way out the door. 
Give me those thummy thumbs. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We've got Grinders Live later today on this channel, 4.45 p.m. Eastern, to go over the, to go all the details of tonight's 11-game NBA slate crunch time with Roth and Andy Means uh, at 6.20 p.m. Eastern for premium members. Also, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, Grant is doing does his live lock show on the Scores and Odds YouTube channel. So if you're doing some prop betting, check that out. And uh, and I'll be back, I'll be back tomorrow answering your DFS strategy questions as I always do on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. <laughs> <laughs>